Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum and is titled HER2 Directed ADCs in Lung Cancer. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives. This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Justin Gaynor, Director of the Center for Thoracic Cancers at the Massachusetts General Hospital and an Associate Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School. Today, we'll be discussing HER2-directed antibody drug conjugates. HER2 ADCs are really being explored in HER2 mutant non-small cell lung cancer. As a reminder, HER2 mutations are found in approximately 2% of patients with non-small cell lung cancer. These tend to occur in exon 20 and are most commonly insertion mutations. The reason why we think about HER2 ADCs in this patient population is that the presence of these mutations really leads to increased cycling of HER2 from the cell surface. And this is really something that can sensitize these tumors to antibody drug conjugates. Recently, we've seen exciting data with trastuzumab deruxtecan, or TDXT, from the Destiny Lung 01 study. In this study, we saw response rates of over 60% among patients with HER2 mutant non-small cell lung cancer. Given this promising activity, it's important to have a sense of what the safety profile of this agent is, particularly in non-small cell lung cancer. In general, about 50% of patients experienced a drug-related adverse event in the Destiny Lung study, the most common of which were nausea, fatigue, alopecia, and vomiting. I should add that a particularly important adverse event in this patient population was interstitial lung disease. In Destiny Lung, 26% of patients had centrally adjudicated interstitial lung disease on this study. 75% of these events were grade one or grade two, but four patients had grade three pulmonary events and two patients had grade five events. Thus, prompt recognition of interstitial lung disease is critically important when using this agent. So it's important to be able to recognize the adverse events associated with this agent, particularly as it has recently received breakthrough therapy designation by the United States FDA for treatment of EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer. When encountering interstitial lung disease, in patients receiving TDXD, generally we, we want to be quite conservative. So, and this agent currently is not FDA approved in non-small cell lung cancer as breakthrough therapy designation, but I think we can take some of the lessons in areas where it is FDA approved, such as in the setting of HER2 mutant breast cancer. When ILD is observed, according to the current FDA label, usually for grade two or higher ILD, we're discontinuing therapy, and grade two implies patients are symptomatic. And so we should be coordinating with our pulmonary colleagues and considering initiation of corticosteroids to help manage the ILD. Questions as we move to the future are, you know, what are the risk factors for ILD, as well as whether the dose used in non-small cell lung cancer may be playing a role. The dose used in non-small cell lung cancer is higher than the FDA-approved dose in breast cancer, and so we really need additional data to explore that further. 
TDXT is not the only antibody drug conjugate that's been explored in HER2 non-small cell lung cancer. The earliest data that we saw was with TDM1, and this was being explored in a phase two study led by investigators at Memorial Sloan Kettering, Bob Lee, and others. In that study, the most common adverse events that were drug-related included elevated AST and ALT, thrombocytopenia, fatigue, infusion reactions, and nausea. Of course, when using any trastuzumab-based agent, be mindful of monitoring for cardiotoxicity and reductions in a left ventricular ejection fraction. And so therefore, periodic echocardiograms are part of the ongoing management for these patients. When encountering other adverse events, such as cytopenias, generally I would apply the same principles that I use towards chemotherapy-based side effects. That is, if I were seeing cytopenias, I would just dose interrupt and consider a dose reduction with subsequent cycles of therapy. Obviously, what we want to discuss with our patients throughout, have a good understanding of what they're experiencing with respect to nausea, vomiting, and use standard antiemetics just as we would with cytotoxic chemotherapy. I think one misperception among clinicians is that with an antibody drug conjugate that we are eliminating some of the side effects that we see with traditional chemotherapies, but we want to be mindful that patients still can have nausea, vomiting, and using antiemetics as we normally would. Ultimately, for both TDXD and TDM1, when you do encounter adverse events, particularly things like ILD, as well as cardiotoxicity, it is critical to engage a multidisciplinary care team to help give patients the best management, as well as to try to ensure that we're able to treat them with the most effective therapy. So I think we'll be seeing more of antibody drug conjugates, particularly in the HER2 space, based upon this success. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Prova Education and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash prova. Thank you for listening.